Hello and uh, welcome to The Nacho Show. This is Ignacio Valdez uh, here from the beautiful Ogden, Utah. And I need to let you know that this uh, show is being sport, uh, sponsored to you by Solidify Web. Let's build the website for you today. Also, uh, we have another sponsor, which is uh, Nacho Graphics. Nacho Graphics uh, brings fantastic... Uh, fantastic graphics to you and, and your company. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of started there. Well, thank you so much for uh, everybody uh, for being here in this uh, wonderful episode. And I want to remind you that um, uh, we are living in, in very per uh, perilous times currently, and it is just not easy uh, what is going on right now. And uh, uh, it's um, uh, it, it's definitely something that it just uh, makes me cringe and it makes me want to just... Uh, um, uh, kneel down and in, in prayer, uh, because uh, it's definitely something that it is. Um, uh, well, yeah, it, it, it's really hitting me right now. Um, as of yesterday, uh, we have uh, we've had uh, we've been reading in the news that uh, uh, Ukraine has been invaded, and uh, uh, when I was uh, uh, scrolling down through Facebook, um. Uh, I saw several videos of uh, uh, city, cities being bombarded, and it's just not something that, I mean, you don't see that every day. Um, uh, obviously, yeah, I mean, you do see, you know, acts of violence and things like that, but um, what is going on right now in Russia is just uh, uncalled for, and it is something that, gosh, it, it should be stopped because there's going to be a lot of people that will be suffering uh, through war and all. Um, and uh, I invite everybody uh, that is uh, hearing me or uh, watching this uh, show right now uh, to um, uh, to be in prayer. Uh, if you are a Christian, um, I encourage you to kneel down in prayer to uh, to our Heavenly Father. And I uh, just kind of wanted to show you here something that uh, was uh, catching my eye, though. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was it, it was just not... Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Let me go ahead and see how I can... Let me see here. Well... So, okay, we'll go ahead and, and show you something that I came across. And uh, I think we, we can see it. Let me see. Okay, right here. And this is a video that I got from one of my friends uh, that I have interviewed. And uh, here we go. I'll just go ahead and play it. Obviously, I cannot understand what, what they're talking about. Obviously, I could not understand what, what was being said. Um, but, yeah, I'm just going to remove that. Um, I did not understand what, the, what they were saying, but it was a huge plane flying over Ukraine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a bomb. I mean, it was throwing a bomb. I would say kind of like a block away from the house that this video was being filmed. 
um, obviously, I mean, that, gosh, yeah, that, and, and there was a kid crying. So that, that video right there really was, oh gosh, it, it really hit me. I mean, this is really happening, guys. Um, yeah, it just uh, makes me super, super sad. Um, and uh, yeah, I really um, would kneel down in prayer and uh, uh, definitely uh, ask our Heavenly Father, God, uh, you know, to bring peace to this world. Um, in the news, uh, we read a lot about Russia invades Ukraine. Uh, there are some live updates about this. Um, Ukrainian forces uh, detain, uh, well, uh, Russian military forces and Russian-backed separatists have invaded Ukraine. President Biden warned of a catastrophic loss of life and human suffering. He's planning to make an address after meeting with G7 leaders. Russia's wide-scale invasion of Ukraine has dramatically changed the mood in Kiev as a nation woke up today with a new reality that this is at war. Ukraine's military says Russia is taking casualties in fierce fighting, but Russia's military is telling a different story. Well, I mean, uh, what can you expect, uh, you know, of the Russian military? You know, obviously they they want to um, uh, they want to bring the fame for themselves and. Um, so, uh, some supporters uh, of Ukraine uh, they protest a Russian uh, uh, the, the Russian uh, war. Uh, activists who support Ukraine are protesting at three concert series of New York City's famed Carnegie, Carnegie Hall this weekend, featuring Russian conductor Valery Gergiev. Um, and well, I mean, there, there are so many things you know here within the U.S. also that. Uh, are uh, protesting. Obviously, in New York, there are protests. Um, so also uh, around the world, uh, they condemn Putin's uh, and call for peace in Ukraine. Uh, Russia's, Russia's inv invasion of Ukraine has sparked protests around the world, with many calling for a stop to the beginning of a new war. Just hours after the invasion began, protesters gathered outside the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C., Many people told WUSA TV that they are they were from Ukraine, still had family there, and wanted to see an end to the conflict that has been largely anticipated for months. Different cities throughout Ukraine are currently being bombed, and people are being displaced, and it's horrible. Uh, we're here to protest to stop this war and to show the world that we're not going to stand by and do nothing. We're going to unite and we're going to call on the U.S. government to do more and our allies to do more to stop this war. What do you guys think? Do you, do you guys think, think that Joe Biden will do something about this? Do we, do we mess with it? Um, do we... Uh, I really, I, I don't know, guys. So what do you think? Please leave your comments down below. Um, and, and tell me what you think. I really would love to hear all of your thoughts about this. Um, because, I mean, what is going on right now in Ukraine is just not very uncalled for. Um, and uh, we will go ahead and talk uh, more briefly about that. So uh, the purpose also of this uh, show is to talk more about uh, uh, a new bill that has been uh, currently... Um, that has been currently uh, presented uh, to the floor here in the state of Utah, 
And in order to discuss about that, we have a special guest today. Her name is uh, uh, Kira Birkland. How are you, Kira? I'm great. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you so much for being here in the show. And uh, we were talking a little bit about Russia and what is going on and, you know, with the conflict and um, lots of families, um, you know, uh, men, women and children are suffering currently right now for the bombings. And uh, yeah, it, it is definitely catastrophic. And we hope and pray that uh, things will de-escalate. So. Uh, but th thank you so much, uh, folks. Just to make you aware, Kira Brickland, she is uh, a uh, uh, current member of the House of Representatives uh, for the state of Utah. And uh, we we would like to talk uh, more about uh, a bill, uh, Bill Number Eleven. Is that is that correct? That's correct. Excellent. And uh, this bill uh, talks more about um, allowing women to stay in, in sports. And uh, uh, right now, you're currently on the floor, so we will understand if you have to, um, you know, go and 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 do some voting. Uh, it is my understanding. Uh, but yeah, we will definitely be patient here with you. And uh, okay, and I apologize, I'm late. And yeah, <laughs> you're fine. My days get away from me up here. I apologize. <laughs> you're totally fine. Yeah, we, we are very flexible here, so no worries. Excellent. All right. Well, great. Um, Kira, can you talk to us more about this bill uh, that you uh, did? You introduce it, or did you partner up with uh, with another member of the House to um, to pass this? So, yeah, I well, I've introduced it, Senator Bramble is my um, sponsor on the Senate side. Uh-huh. Great. And uh, what does this bill in, uh, entail? Can you talk to us more? Can you develop more about that? Yes, I absolutely. Give me one quick second to sure. get to a more quiet spot. Okay, that's okay. So the, the bill was designed um, to address the growing number of student athletes in our state uh -huh. who are participating in gender. Um, we do have a number of them. Last year, there was only a handful and none of them were going through the activity association policy to participate. This year, there are four um, with another six to eight who also still haven't gone through the high school policy to participate. Um, mm -hmm. the, the bill, this creates a path for kids that are transgender and want to play sports to be able to participate, but it, it limits it for, for to preserve women's sports and the safety of all the participators. And so, you know, I get a lot of pushback of, hmm. it's interesting, a lot of people um, think that it goes too far and that we shouldn't have any barriers. There should be no guardrails. However, we've seen what happens um, in the NCAA when, when there are guardrails, but they don't go far enough. You have competitive swimmers mm -hmm. out there, um, in the case of Leah Thomas, who, who just breaks records, set, set six new records for women's swim, right? Wow. So mm -hmm. when you don't have good guardrails in place, there becomes a greater public outcry for full bans. But when people say that on the other end, they don't think the bill goes far enough. The problem is if you go too far, the bill then mm -hmm. becomes litigated and then you can't enforce any guardrails. And so you have to strike just the right balance to do what you hope to do, which is to preserve women's sports, to make sure that they're mm -hmm. safe and fair play, but 
be accommodating to those kids who are struggling with their gender identity or, you know, who do want to play and they, they're sincere in their desire um, to compete against women as a woman and, and to mm-hmm. kind of welcome them in and let them know they have a place uh, when it can be done in a safe and fair way. Great. Uh, okay. So now um, my question to you for that, well, my, well, how I understand this uh, uh, <clears throat> gender identity thing, I mean, I, I don't know, it, it doesn't fit with me and uh, I am not, uh, and, and I'm sorry if I'm saying, that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm being way too harsh or anything like that, but uh, uh, the whole identity um, thing, it, it's just, uh, to me, it's outrageous and, and it's very abnormal. Um, maybe, I mean, I don't know many things about it, but I, I don't know. I mean, if you were born with, uh, um, you know, with uh, male chromosomes, then you will still be a man, uh, a male, or, you know, same thing with a, with a female. Now, um, if, um, if a male that thinks that he's a woman, then wants to, uh, you know, play in sports and wins championships and things like that, um, I mean, I don't, I don't think that that is fair to women. What do you think? No, I really appreciate that question. Um, I, I understand that sentiment very well for many people. Uh, to me, the reality is, is there are, um, there are children in our state and around the nation that are intersex, and so they were born with either, um, you know, male. Um, biology, you know, in many ways at birth, the doctor's like, you have, you are identified as, as male at birth. But as they grow up and they develop, they start having many of the same menstrual issues that women have. Um, it's not clear mm. what um, sex they really truly were at birth. And so when mm-hmm. we just place a full ban, we don't take those children in consideration. And to me, that's that's an unfortunate part of the bans. Um, there are intersex kids who, who need to be um, able to make the best medical decisions because of their uh-huh. their medical status and and to need to they need to be included um, on the teams that are actually just because they identified at male at birth and now they're very much in every other way a woman those kids need to be accepted and to be able to uh, participate I feel and I know some will disagree with that but mm-hmm. I really feel in those cases those kids need to be able to participate in women's sports because you know they they don't have the same you know XX or XY chromosomes that other people have um, and so mm-hmm. you can't you can't it's, it's very difficult to create that hard line in the sand uh, I, I understand a desire to do that but but when we when we create those hard lines what we really do is number one mm-hmm. um, we send a message that that women aren't compassionate and and understanding of outside issues, and I just don't think that's true. I think women are. Um, number two, I think that we end up kind of biting, you know, ourselves in the end because you know mm-hmm. it, what what is the saying is like I, I forget. Sorry, it's been such a crazy day, but essentially, <laughs> you know, right. we're we're trying to accomplish a goal of preserving women's sports, but we take it to such an extent that we actually can't preserve women's sports. And so are we really doing any good if all we're trying to do is preserve women's sports and, and we can't do it? 
I don't, I don't think so. I think we really need to look at all the factors. And what we really are missing mm-hmm. as a state is a lot of data and information on this issue. Do we have a large population of intersex kids who, who would participate in sports and will be, you know, considered eligible to participate? Or are we going to see a large amount of, you know, kids that went through male puberty and decided mm-hmm. in junior high and high school that they want to play on the women's team, that they identify as a woman, and, and that's, you know, where they want to participate. And, and we'll be able to make decisions based off true information and data. And I think that Mm -hmm. best policy is always going to come from that information. And as long as we um, move forward with faith and and knowing that we're seeking good public policy and and our goal remains the same, Mm -hmm. to preserve women's sports and to protect those that are participating in athletic competition, I think we're going to have a better outcome Mm -hmm. and a better long-term plan. I see. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I mean, it sounds uh, uh, super interesting about that. Um, now, uh, in one of your comments uh, that you made on, on a Facebook pay, uh, post uh, that you did along with the video, it, it sounded super interesting. And uh, um, so uh, uh, you posted here, uh, this bill does not allow any and all transgender athletes to play, only those who don't post a safety risk and those who won't have a competitive advantage. Uh, can can you clarify a little bit more about that? Yeah, and I apologize. I'm I'm gonna have to go on and off camera just because I'm in <laughs> and fine. out of rooms, and it'll probably actually be more distracting as people are walking through and by. But um, okay. yes, so because they have to go, the, every every transgender athlete. Um, will have to go through a commission. The commission will be able to determine their eligibility through, you know, unfortunately, let me just take this back to the NCAA. The NCAA had just a standard of, you need to have a year of hormone therapy. They didn't define what hormone therapy meant. Did it mean Uh testosterone blockers? Did it mean estrogen? If you're transitioning from male to female, what was it? It didn't matter. Just a year of hormone therapy, right? And now they're walking away from that, saying, well, maybe that wasn't the best policy. We're finding out more information. And so they're punting it off to, we're going to go with what you know other federations are saying based on this sport. And if there's no federation decision, we're going to go to the Olympic International Committee. But the International Olympic Committee is also saying that they're going to revise their agenda or their, their stance on this and policy on this after the Winter Olympics. And mm-hmm. so what is the best policy? What is the right move forward? It certainly isn't just allowing any and all kids to participate as transgender athletes because we've seen that the NCAA and Olympic International Committee doesn't just support that. But the mm-hmm. commission's goal then will be to determine what is for each individual sport and each individual athlete at that age, what is fair, what is safe. And let's say you have a 15-year-old transgender girl who wants to play basketball. And that athlete has played on the boys team for several years prior to now. They'll take that into consideration because when you step into the ring as someone who's participated on the boys side and now is moving Mm -hmm. to the girls side, as we've seen with Leah Thomas um, swimming in the Ivy Leagues, it makes a difference um, when you mm-hmm. have already had the, the experience on the men's side and come to the women's side. So they'll also be able to consider the physical care characteristics. You know, is this person who wants to play um, going to just tower over the typical 15-year-old girl? Is this, you know, transgender athlete that wants to play, Are you know, are they physically just twice, three times as large, you know, just in bone structure, you know, they'll uh-huh. take into consideration That's... all things that, that makes it unfair or unsafe. They, the child can either come before the commission themselves with their parents, do it online, just send a parent or a doctor, anyone they feel like will help them make their best case. Um, they can 
bring that you know individual with them before the commission. And then they can break down whatever information they are willing to give the commission, mm-hmm. the commission will be able to use. Now, if they withhold information, the commission won't be able to make a bit more de- informed decision. And so ultimately yeah. they will be denied the eligibility. But ideally we'll have kids who who are you know confident in in their position and will be able to come and speak to it. And and I, I if I may also just add that this is not a new um, process. We already have panels established for eligibility within our state. There's all kinds mm-hmm. of eligibility requirements and challenges that come up on a regular basis. If you're a child with an IEP, you know, a special need, and you want a super senior and play sports your fifth year, you go before a panel to discuss whether mm-hmm. you should be able to eligible to play for a fifth year. So, the 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 precedent has been set that we do these types of events to ensure fair and safe play in our state. Uh huh. So um, there's a comment from somebody, um, somebody from Facebook, uh, and uh, she says, a man is a man, a woman is a woman, there are only two, and each person thinks they're, let me see, each person thinks whatever they want, so quit trying to make me believe anything different, you can be who you want, but stay out of men or women's sports and start your own. Well, um, Kind of was making me think. Okay, so why couldn't there? Okay, so if we if we leave men's sports by themselves without anybody that's different, you know, from that, and women's sports as well. So why don't we just go ahead and uh, bring in uh, bring in uh, I don't know like a transgender league or a transgender side? Does that make sense? I don't, I don't know yeah. if that makes. Sense. Yeah, no, and that's a fair question. And and one we actually over the interim, I I sat down and studied um, what the what the ability to do that would be. And the reality is, and I know many people will disagree with this. And yet many people will also, you know, affirm this. A transgender woman is a woman, as as they say. They're not Mm -hmm. a transgender woman. They are a woman. And so when they want to play they want to play with the women. And so if we're looking at how we how we allow them to play by saying, well, you're going to play on either the boys team because you identified as male at birth or you're going to play on a trans team, that's still unconstitutional to them. And so to pass that bill would um, mean that we go right to litigation. And again, we have the status quo going forward while this is being litigated because whether mm-hmm. whether people disagree or agree with them, is irrelevant the fact is is that transgender athletes transgender women and transgender men they see themselves as men and they see themselves as women right so now uh, one thing that I, I, gosh I, and and I'm being very transparent with you I mean if they if they think that they are a man but they're they're in reality they are not then why do we have why do we as a government why do we have to tailor to them? Well, I don't believe that we're tailoring to them. Um, we have to recognize, though, that we have a presidential administration that has said that that um, those that are transgender, it's based upon their identity. It is not based upon anything other than how they identify. And so under that, any kind of court ruling for us um, as cisgender, mm-hmm. as us as, as biological males or women, we can we can have our stance. But mm-hmm. I don't believe we have the backing in court at this time to defend our stance. Um, the the 
courts are currently saying that if someone believes that they are a woman mm-hmm. and they identify that way, that's good enough. You cannot then discriminate them on the basis of their sex. Oh, okay. So, so they're they're taking in on on that side of things. Okay, it kind of kind of like it makes me think how how the satanic religion. Well, the, the satanics they now they are registering as a religion, so they cannot be discriminated against them because now they are a religion. Does Correct. that make sense? So yeah, and I I want to be careful not to to you know correlate. It, I I have several very close and, and dear transgender friends and so i wouldn't want to correlate them with the satanics but the, the well, theory no no, is no. The it, it, yeah, yeah the, i know what you're saying I'm, yeah, I'm, t- yeah. I'm talking about that yeah yeah, yeah it, it's um and, and and i could say and i could say yeah i mean um you know those individuals that are transgender and things like that yeah I, I'm, i'm sure that they could be great people right. i mean I, i'm not saying that you know it, it, it's just um The fact that they and, and this is my my perspective of it, um, and, and this is how I take it is that they they made the wrong choice of being something that they're not, um, and and that's that's how I take take it, um, and I I think that we should uh, as a government we should not um, we should not allow or move the earth uh, just for a handful of individuals that they want to be something that they're not. Yeah. Um, th- th- that, I'm sorry, th- that's that's how I feel about it. That, that I, and maybe, I don't know, maybe I need to do more research and things like that, but uh, yeah, you bring I don't know. Fair, you bring up <laughs> and, and that's the all underlying issue. And, and that's why so many of the states that are passing um, the laws that I ran last year that said that you play based on your identity at birth. That's why so many of them are, if really all of them, there's one state that, that just enacted their policy and, and it is, there is a lawsuit mm-hmm. being built against it. But um, that's why they're all going to be litigated, right? Because, because mm-hmm. you have two interested parties here. You have um, transgender athletes that feel that they're being discriminated against. And you have mm-hmm. women um, who feel like they are being discriminated against. Their opportunity mm-hmm. to have a fair competitive um, playing field is being diminished, which is what Title IX was all about. Um, for me, and, and I say this mm-hmm. with the utmost respect to those sure. who stand firmly on the fact that This should be a ban on on their participation um, on the women's teams altogether. I understand that desire. But in standing Mm -hmm. your ground and taking that principal stand, you truly do that on the backs of all the women athletes who are playing right now and who hope to play for the next few years. Because Mm -hmm. they will be unprotected while this is being litigated. And that's just not something that I am willing to do. Um, because I see mm-hmm. what that will do. It will harm the girls who are playing right now and, and not being able to provide them any kind of protection. And it'll also, I feel truly that it will harm the transgender communities. People will say that, that, that my bill is not compassionate and they'll say some pretty vulgar and, and um, hateful mm-hmm. things. The reality is doing nothing is not compassionate for transgender people. And there are those in the transgender community who recognize that, that by doing nothing, we actually fan the flames of anger and intolerance towards transgenders and 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 their athletes. Mm-hmm. And so 
it's time to take a, a precautionary step, I feel, in the direction of, okay, let's create the guardrails and, and the proper barriers mm -hmm. that preserve women's sports, but ensure that we're including those who it is best for them. And, and because of the, the safety risks that they won't be imposing, because they won't be dominating or, or you know, having unfair advantages because they are twice as, as the size of the, of the other girls, um, mm -hmm. that it's okay for them to participate. And I have talked to hundreds, if not thousands of girls, and they have said, look, if a, a transgender athlete comes on to my team or I play against them, and I know that they've gone through a process to where it's fair, I don't care if they play. Like, they're welcome mm -hmm. to play. But they are only, the transgender community is only hurting themselves when they think that they should be able to do this unregulated. And the fact is the NCAA, who they always hold up as this gold standard of their policy, they don't even believe that it should be done unregulated. So what is the mm -hmm. best regulation? And I think this policy, House Bill 11, will help us create the best um, data that will help us create the best policy for regulation on this issue. Wow, interesting. So now that you have been working with this bill and uh, bring it up to light, and uh, and I'm sure it, it passed already, right? It, it is already in force. It passed. No, so it'll it needs to go before the Senate floor. So it passed last night okay. in the Senate committee. It's passed the House both in committee and on the floor. So within the next few days, um, I would suspect it will come through onto the Senate floor. So did you have did you have a different perspective of uh, of this uh, prior uh, for you to formulate this bill? Did you have a different feelings or what were your thoughts and what what made you create this bill? Well, after after last year, you know, I really tried to reflect on some of the kids that I met and spoke with. And and there were some kids, again, those that are intersex, those that pose, you know, zero threat to preserving women's sports and keeping it fair. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I wanted them to be able to be involved when necessary. I apologize. I'm going to step on the floor and vote one more time. That's fine. Okay, I am back. Um, so I wanted I wanted to make sure that we could include them in a way that's fair and safe. But I will just go back to this. Um, my goal from the beginning is to preserve women's sports. And so mm -hmm. if, if I took another approach, a, an approach that couldn't be legally defended, an approach that wasn't mm -hmm. compassionate, that it basically leave us with the status quo. And I, I can't say in good conscience that I should take a position based on principle that mm -hmm. I know will leave us with status quo, which is something that I am principally against. Hmm. I see. Okay, great. I mean, yeah, like I said, um, I, I still need to do more research about it, but I don't know. At, at first glance, uh, at first glance, it just makes me, I, I don't know. And, and, and like I said, I still need to be more involved with the LGBT community and see, how they feel and and how how they think and things like that, but yeah, um, but I don't know. At first glance, it seems to me, and that I hope this bill will help us. Uh -huh. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I will look more. So uh, another thing that, that you um, that you commented uh, in your uh, in your post is that uh, let me see what was the. 
okay, so the eligibility decision uh, will be medically driven using accurate and first science and basic biology. So according to the bill, so like if uh, if we have a, a transgender kid that wants to participate, do they have to uh, go and uh, send a proposal to uh, to a doctor and and uh, make create that and then turn it into um, into the school? How does that work? Okay, and I'm happy to answer this question. I appreciate you asking it because it's it's one that comes up a lot. But I I do apologize. I do have to get onto the house floor. Um, we were going to be leaving the the consent calendar in a minute, okay. so I want to make sure I can speak sure. to bills after that. But um, so yes, what? Yeah, yeah. So what what happens when when a, any student athlete, regardless of you know what their biology is, if they want to participate in a sport, they they first must upload their birth certificate, their first time ever you know wanting to compete in a sport. They upload mm -hmm. it to register my athlete. Then they select the sport they want to play. If the gender identity of their sport doesn't match their of the sport they want to play doesn't match their birth certificate, it'll trigger the commission. Now to the to the physicals. Every student athlete every year has to go get a basic physical. That lets the activity association and the schools know that this individual is safe to play sports. It's it's in their best interest with their health to either play or not play. A doctor will sign off on that. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's the only physical that is that is part of this bill. Just the one that currently exists. You have mm -hmm. to have a doctor's physical, and it's the same form as it's always been. As far as the commission, they may ask questions like, "Do you know your oxygen levels? You know what's your what's your saturation level? Do you, you know, know if your bone density because you've been mm -hmm. perhaps taking some treatments? Is it is it what is that? They can ask some questions, and the student can either provide that information or the parent or guardian, or they can say, "We don't know. We're not sure." You know, or we don't want to provide that information at this time, um, and so there's there there's no check of the student's physical body outside mm -hmm. of what their physician has to do for every student that wants to participate in athletics, um, and anything beyond that is truly up to the student and his or her parent or guardian to provide to the commission. The the commission will then be working to create what is the baseline for a 16-year-old girl in our state? What is their typical you know speed which they can run? What is their typical stride? How far can they throw a ball? How high can they jump? This is information mm -hmm. that a lot of people know. Um, it's out there. As a coach, I know these things. We have statisticians mm -hmm. that know a lot of these things. Um, and so yeah. they're going to be looking at the, that information and asking these athletes, okay, you know, what is, how fast can you run? How high can you jump? And, and you know, how, you know, how in depth of, of information can you um, accurately and, and fairly provide to us? And, and then they'll make a, a decision based off of that just factual knowledge that they have. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, the definitely super interesting bill. Uh, we will go ahead and well, I, me myself, I will go ahead and and read more about it. Um, if uh, there's a link or something that I could go to and then uh, read more about it. Uh, but yeah, I, I understand that you have to go back to the floor and uh, keep uh, representing us. So we definitely uh, appreciate you being here at the Natural Show. We feel honored. Uh, to have you here uh, in this uh, interview and, uh, you know, talking more about the HB11. And, uh, yeah, definitely uh, we, we extend the, 
um, a greeting to you and uh, yeah, keep keep representing us at the floor. Thank you so much. It's an honor for me to be part of your show. It's It's been so wonderful to know you these past about, what's it been, eight years now we've known each other? Eight years, yeah. Uh, I'm just, I commend <laughs> yeah. what you do and, and the great oh, um, asset you are to our state. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. And we'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Kira. All right, guys. Well, hey, there you have it. Well, um, you know, there were a, a couple of things right there that I really wanted to uh, develop more uh, as far as this interview is concerned. But what, yeah, what are your thoughts? Should transgender kids, and, and I'm saying kids, you know, teenagers, well, number one, should they change their gender to be something they're not? Is that a child abuse, you know, for allowing your children to be something they're not? I don't know. Leave that in your comments. Thank you so much for being here today. We definitely appreciate all of you for being on my show and we will see you next time.